Dads. Hello! Welcome to Dad Talks, where you get to listen to two dads talk. I'm your co-dad, Jared Schmansky, with me as always, my co-dad in crime, Joe Lopez. Joe, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, buddy. Um, I actually have a glass of bourbon. Wow. Because I'm going to say something intense. Oh. What do you got? I did not bring enough if it's that intense. I have, I have lavender mint tea. <laughs> raspberry mint tea. Sorry, this is raspberry, not lavender. We could have had, raspberry mint we could have had one hell of a hot toddy, though. That is true. I got bourbon up just to the right of me. I could just a little. There you go. Just put a little, a little, a little spritzer, nip a hooch in there. Yeah, you got a little room. Um, yeah, it's not gonna hurt anything. It might help. Good point. It's a good point. So, yeah. Joe, I'm going into this flying full blind. Yeah. Well, first, before, like before we jump into it, before we jump into it, which we should, we are currently living inside of a snow globe as we speak. How does it feel That's living in this say. new property inside the snow globe? Uh, cold, mostly. Um, not beautiful. Some people are like, snow, so beautiful. And I'm like, no, it's not. Um, Nothing about this snow was pretty. Like, this was no. not a pretty snowstorm. It wasn't like a, oh, nice big fluffy flakes are falling on nice fluffy ground. Yeah. It was like, okay, it's going to rain snow for the first day and then freeze rain for the second day and then freeze snow the, for the third day. It's like, yeah. this sucks. And then yesterday we got way more than we did today. And I think, like, the world was predicting that we were going to get, like, 20 inches of snow. 15, 20 inches, something like, something crazy. We got, like, we got, like six, yeah. I feel like. Um, but below us, south of us, mm-hmm. like they're all getting just destroyed. Sorry, everybody out there. One of the content creators I follow uh, is in Memphis right now, and like, yeah, they, they did like a, a video like blog when they uh, were driving through town, and there was one gas yeah. station that had power, and like the trees were down over the railroad tracks, and like it's crazy. just nuts down there. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a crazy couple of days, but uh, I talked about uh, this at work, it, but. Being from Kalamazoo, we get that yeah. lake effect snow. If you don't know about lake effect right. snow, you better get learned. Because lake effect is Why? no joke. Uh, we would get, on a regular snowstorm, I didn't know they came, like, under four inches of snow. It's like, oh, we're getting snow. All right, it's going to be, like, four inches. Like, that's why, yeah. that's what lake effect is, right? It's just a, just a lot. I think uh, that year that we had the winter apocalypse, right, where we had, like, three yeah. days off of college, uh, Kalamazoo was ranked, I think, the second snowiest uh, college in the country like beating out like montana schools and beating out like vermont schools like we were like mm-hmm. the third snowiest um so we i was explaining this but like this is nuts to detroiters like east siders don't yeah. get this much snow like one to two inches per snowstorm maybe and uh yeah. so it's pretty funny everyone's like freaking out like oh my gosh this is snow so much snow i was like this is this is a no normal snowstorm like no big deal yeah the the biggest snow i can remember was the great polar vortex of 2013 uh mm-hmm. 2014 it was one of those two years and that's when like here on the east side you were still in kalamazoo i was mm-hmm. back here on the east side we just got knocked out with snow like an insane amount of snow yep like um but yeah it's uh it's crazy out there and that was dad talks two dads talking about the weather <laughs> that was it i i think i spilt a little dribble on me or i accidentally put my <laughs> dipped your sweatshirt my into ho- it 
my hood phalange into my <laughs> cup. <laughs> it's a little nibber, nibble for later. You just yeah, that's it. When I'm putting Grace in the sleep, yeah, you just there you go. Give him a he little gets bit. A, he gets a little bit. You take a little bit. It's just fair. Yeah, one for you, one for me. That's how this thing works. It's just fair that way. All right, Joe, give me your topic. Um, I'm ready for it. All right, Jared. We live in America, the USA. That is true. I, I've been told that, yeah. I mean, most um, of the time we're closer to Canada, but I, I have been told yeah. that. Yeah. And, you know, every once in a while somebody says, oh, the apocalypse is happening, right? Like, sure. very dramatic. Like, Jared, have you ever thought about what would actually happen when a nuclear war hits America? I am afraid to tell you that, yes, yes, I have. And I've resigned my faith that I'm not putting up a fight. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, um, bomb shelters and all this stuff. I'm not putting up a fight. Yeah. So, there's a plan. Oh. Like, the U.S. has a plan, right? Of course they do. They have a well, plan sure, for everything. for everything. They have a plan for when aliens invade. Yeah, there's a plan. That's a different dad's um, We'll talk about that. It is. Oh, we'll get to it. And this is like a documented plan. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what might happen if nuclear bombs did go off in the U.S. of A. Wow. Um, and this stemmed from listening to another podcast called Radio Lab, sure, which is an amazing podcast. Um, a man named um Garrett Graff, okay, back in uh, when was this? It was. The, um, I don't know, several years ago. It was probably mid-2000s, I want to say. He was working for a magazine in Washington where he was basically writing on national intelligence, you know, okay. and things that were out there. Well, one day, his buddy came up to him and was like, hey, I found this Washington ID badge. Um, you basically write on Washington, like, yeah. can you get this back to whoever this belongs to? And Garrett said, um, sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'll do what I can with it. So Garrett took the badge and he flipped over the badge. And I'm going to tell the story kind of how he does in his interview, which is, you know, what led him to start to re research this topic. Perfect. Um, Garrett flipped over this badge, and on the back were instructions. One said short-term, and one said long-term. Whoa. And, and on the back of an ID badge, uh, he said the short-term instructions were directions that led to an office building in Virginia. He was in D.C., so it wasn't a very far instructions. Right. But then there was ones that said long-term directions. And that's all it said, and gave directions like go up, turn left, go up, turn right. Like, no street names, nothing like that. So, Garrett gets on Google Maps and starts following the pathway of these instructions. And what this led him to was a random mountain in Pennsylvania. What? Yeah. So what he assumed, because he's been doing intelligence for so long, is he's like, this is a bunker. Oh, 100%. They put a bunker yeah. under the mountain. Like, that's... 
and they did. So this is he found the Raven Rock bunker, which it's named Raven um, Rock. Yeah, I and he wrote a whole book about this. Joe, there couldn't be a more like nerve rattling place to say bombs are going off to Raven Rock. We go like what? Yeah. Yeah, so he he wrote this whole book, and um, I guess I'll since I mentioned Raven Rock, I'll I'll talk about it now. Um, basically, uh, it's a bunker from like the 1940s, um, and it's a huge mountain that's hollowed out, and it's it's like a city. Oh, like they have buildings in this mountain, and like a fire department, and cafeterias what? and hospitals yeah in this bunker in this mountain they have everything ready for, for like five or five thousand people to live in if needed and you and i aren't going to be one of those five thousand no, people. god no government officials that are one of those five thousand people joe what do you think it takes to become qualified to go to raven rock if the bombs go off man i don't know right it's like and there's there's probably that's probably like D-list bunker. Like, I mean, yeah, there's gotta be like, I mean, I think underneath the White House and the Capitol building, there are bunkers directly underneath them, right? Like totally. they can just go straight down and not have to go anywhere. Right. But you know what? The people that are bombing us, they're gonna know that. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I, I gotta tell you, if a nuke goes off in D.C. Yeah. You're not driving to Pennsylvania. Right? Like there's no, no there's no <laughs> car because the first place they're going to send the nuke, well that might not be the first place. They're going to send nukes. They're going to go to our nuclear bunkers in like North Dakota or wherever they are. I don't actually yeah. know. It's like North Dakota or Montana, somewhere they have in the northern states. And then they're going to send nukes to DC. Those are the two places. Yeah. Right? Like Yeah. So I want you to think about that. Like, you're not leaving D.C., so remember that, because we're going to get back to that part in a little bit. Oh, God. Um, so, so this Raven Rock is this huge uh, facility, and it ran throughout the Cold War. Basically, this story is going to talk about when this started to become an idea, which right. was the Cold War era, 1950s. Um, this facility ran to, like, the 90s. Just in case. Oh, until God. the Cold War was basically completely done. I'm a little surprised it's not still running. Well, they mothballed it, and then September 11th happened. Yeah, yep, that makes sense. And they picked it back up. And what's it like working in a mountain? That's I, what I want to know. I assume. The fact that this hadn't leaked before, you have to assume that the people working there just get like am i like men in black splashed every day every day they totally. just get flashed right so they don't go tell somebody <laughs> because honestly how do you not go tell somebody that you're working in a government facility underneath a mountain right i mean and the mountain it does look like a government facility right there's barbed wire around it there's like an right. entrance like it it looks like a facility at this point um so Garrett talks about how this kind of discovery led him to think about, you know, well, what's going to happen if this does happen, you know? And basically, it leads to the question of, 
a few things, right? Mm-hmm. The first is the American government branches, right? How do they respond to a nuclear strike? So With nuclear strikes. <laughs> right. So his, after doing research, and there's been some un- or some declassified documents, mm-hmm. right? Declassified. Declassified, yeah. Um, basically st- stating that, like, American agencies have, like, this weird, shadowy other side to them that they take on in case a nuclear or catastrophe happens to the American, to the USA, basically. First example. Can't wait. Na- I, I, I am... Li- I can't express this enough. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat because I want (laughs) to know, like in my head, the first thing I was like, Oh, well all of our agents and diplomats all over the world, they probably have some sort of device that they just set off like all over the world. They got, um, so the first, this again, all set up in like the 1950s. The first thought was, well, the national parks aren't going to be targeted, right? Mm -hmm. What's going to be targeted is the epicenters. They're LA's, New York's, DC's. So the national parks then, if this happens, are set to run refugee camps to the point where they've mapped out roads saying people will enter in from here. They'll set up tents here. They'll exit out through here. Like the national parks is setting up refugee camps. And when you get there, you get a postcard and you basically fill out, I'm Lopez, I'm a survivor, and this is the family members that have survived with me to keep a record. Yeah. Can, can I uh can I talk about a national park real quick? So I've spent quite a yeah. bit of time in Rocky Mountain National Park, right? Right outside Denver. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. presumably a lot of people would be going to Rocky Mountain National Park. Rocky Mountain National Park has one road that leads all the way through it and goes on the peaks of the mountains. Yeah. So you think people are driving in, going up to the top of a mountain, that's where you're gonna live? Good luck living at a fourteen footer, fourteen thousand feet. Yeah. Probably not. No, I don't think so. But well, that probably your Yellowstones. Right, but what about the super volcano underneath? Oh man, that's they got another plan for that one. <laughs> that's another dad talk, right? So, outside of that, you have the post office. What okay, I don't the trust post, post office, office with anything. The post office is in charge of um registering the dead because they have the ideas of who's being active in their homes and who's around. Oh weird yeah yeah so the post office is set to register the dead the refugee or the state parks set up the refugee camps the agricultural department sets up food right oh yeah um and what they did was basically in the 50s they created fallout shelters everywhere right yeah because they thought it was any day stuff yeah. It was not so, it was when not if back then. Exactly. So what they would what they did was um they created survival crackers. And they made um I can't remember how many pounds that they wrote. But basically it equated to 200 uh Golden Gate bridges worth of survival crackers. Holy and god. And they put them in all these bunkers around the country and 
people have gone and dug them up and and have found these survival crackers and you can find like go on youtube and like watch people eat them um i imagine they're like lemnus bread from lord of the rings like totally one bite supposed to fill a grown man exactly so uh the producer of the show radio lab he talks about how he ate one because when he was in high school his high school teacher went into the bunker that was in their high school and found him and brought him up i was like hey you guys want to eat these crackers oh god yeah so um so you got the post office registering dead you got agriculture focusing on food basically on what they can right if there's anything right um but you know what the tax man's always there. No way. What's the IRS right? doing? So the IRS is there to give out loans to help try to give and provide, uh, basically provide you what you can. Loans of what? Don't they know that bottle caps are going to be the currency? Like what? They're going to start handing oh, out bottle caps? Let me tell you. So they have a mountain bunker, right? Filled with $2 billion in cash. What? Yeah. And and I'm trying to find a good dramatic way to tell you this. Uh you know what's fun about the cash is it's basically two dollar bills. No way. Yeah, because people didn't want to hold two dollar bills. That makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. It's the only way you could do it without like driving up in inflation by you can't just print more bills. That's not how it works. Yeah, so so they have like two billion dollars in two dollar bills just stacked away in a mountain somewhere we got ready we gotta find this mountain joe yeah so basically you could take out a loan and then you would walk out with stacks of two dollar bills um so now we're gonna get to the question of you know that what's an interesting like thought thought experiment from that if Say everybody's money is gone, right? Because we don't carry cash anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's like barely right. any cash here. Say everybody's money is gone. Everybody has $2 mm-hmm. bills. Everything would be priced in $2 increments. Yeah. It wouldn't be $5 anymore. It'd be 6 or 4 Because nobody right. has $5. Yeah. A little something to noodle on. It's true. Just a little something to noodle on. It is. Wow. And probably no coins. No coins. It's got to be. Wow. Exact change. That's crazy. Well, except for the bottle caps. Um. Except for the bottle caps. That's why uh, I have this giant jug behind me. <laughs> Just for the scenario. Just in case. So now I want to circle back to what you said. Like, basically, there's bunkers in D.C. And, you know, probably you know where the Pentagon's at. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in, in D.C. It's a pen- Yeah, I don't know why I thought it was in Virginia. Uh, it might be. Virginia butts but, up to butts up to DC. Right. So the question is, those are gonna get hit. Basically, this plan isn't accounting for government officials to really make it. At least not Yeah. I mean, the good and the bad news is not all of the government officials are in DC at one time. Almost ever. Exactly. Right? So Exactly. Say everybody who's in D.C. gets killed. There's a high likelihood the president's not even there because he only spends a small amount of time there. Uh, or diplomats all over the world or, like, people are traveling. And, and, like, there's just a high likelihood they're not there. So it is possible that some survive. But, I mean, at the State of the Union, somebody stays behind and, um, you know, 
in case somebody gets killed? Is there a like a this person's in charge if somebody dies kind of thing? Right. So then you get the 25th Amendment. The presidential line of succession gets created. How deep does that line go? It goes. So, I mean, you go through, right, president, vice president, sure. then uh, speaker of the house, yep. then president pro tempore, pro or whatever tem. it's called. And then you go down through the cabinets. Somewhere all the way down to labor secretary. Yeah. Um, Thanks, so, West and Wing. Then, <laughs> and then from there you go to all those cabinets also have lines of succession. So mm-hmm. there's people set in place for if the president dies, vice president dies, whatever it might be. How many people um, need to die for you or I to become president? <laughs> I, I just, I, I have to know. Not for any threatening purposes, I promise, Quink. Um, but <laughs> I just need to know. Yeah, it's, it is interesting, right? Like, is, would there ever be a situation where that happens? And maybe. I've well, seen not where enough, you and I will. It's I've, never going to get to us. Joe, I've seen enough post, post-apocalyptic movies where our little shanty town of 50 to 75 people fending off from zombies all around us will have to elect a leader at some time. Right. At some point, they do. Um, so you have the, again, these random bunkers. Not everybody's going to make it. The bunkers are now set in place basically for any government officials that can survive to survive, not right. necessarily we the people. Um, Disappointing. Yeah. I'm recalling that they, very first man that says, no, look, I'm the president now because of the line of succession. I'm like, ah, that, <laughs> that, 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 that. So then the last part of this is, um, you know, there's probably way more to than just the 10 minutes that I've talked, mm-hmm. you know, that's, so much more classified oh, there's yeah. more agencies out there that do more than just that well, you, didn't like, even t- you, know. you didn't even talk about like the retribution side of it like the fbi the cia yeah. what are they doing they're out there exactly. like executing order 66 and and just right so the question then comes to what is america and this is what garrett's what that's yeah. the question so this... what is america this is the episode of Radio Lab listened to kind of spun into this. It's like it's that uh Asgard thing, right? America is not a place, it's, it's a an people. idea. Yeah. And a people. So the National Archives set up basically one helicopter's worth of items that they would take in case this happens. We and could write an entire and i don't just mean like one small mini episode you and i could spend two hours just brainstorming what goes on the or on the helicopter so they they've we know seven items i please hit me you got your you got your big three right constitution yeah declaration of independence and the um oh my god Declaration, Constitution, or Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Bill and the Bill of Rights. Okay, the big three. Then there's four more, and those ones don't make a whole lot of sense. So they decided that the Constitution is more important than the Declaration of Independence. Yes. And that the Declaration is more important than the Bill of Rights. Interesting. The fourth item they chose 
was the log of the USS Monitor, which is a Civil War era ship that got sunk. What? What? Yeah, like the the log, like the book log of that ship. They chose to be the fourth one. Why? Interesting, right? Who was on that ship? Like, so wouldn't you think it'd be like George Washington's like address to the to the nation, like something cool right? like that? No. So the log to the ship, um, and then uh, after that, you've got the um, let me find it. After that, you get the medical records of Abraham Lincoln post-assassination. What? Yeah. Why? So, it's really interesting, and they speculate about it in this episode of Radiolab. Right. The first one, they thought, you know, the reason why they kept this log was maybe to symbolize america ingenuity right like we built this amazing ship in a time right. when maybe it's an second... engineering manual too like if you want to build a ship yeah. here's like how to run it i don't know right so the second one they assume like it's probably likely the president's been killed so you know we basically are having a document saying we've lost this major hero before or you know major president before this figure like and we've bounced back from it so they're they're a guessing lot that these are more of symbolism like in symbolic. that. Yeah. A lot of symbolism for a country that's literally just gotten bombed and not really paying attention to metaphors. Right. So again, that's just what they're speculating in this episode, the producers of the show. They're just mm. trying to guess. They don't really know why these were chosen at all. Um mm. number number six is the signed surrender documents from the Japanese at the end of World War II. To basically say, hey, look, America uh was the military might of the world we can do that again i i would assume so hmm. and then that's kind the of a last kind one. of a brag i don't know if we need to put that right. in there like hey look how cool we were yeah and then the last one that we know about again there's probably more things in there but the last one is a painting capturing the journey that lewis and clark made westward what to <laughs> To talk about American exploration in this post-apocalyptic world, why not just put a copy of Fallout and some instructions to say, hey, this is how to run a society? Right. So this list was made in the 1950s, right? right. So my question to you before we wrap this up is, we've had 80 years since then, 70 years since then. What do you think should be included on this helicopter? If there is not a steel-cased copy of WAP on record, and why are we even here? Why are we even here? That's American society at its core. Why would we even put anything else on there? That's funny. Um, you know, and that's kind of all I got is I just wanted to bring up this plan that America has a plan if this happens. Yeah. We have things set in stone. There's secret weird sides to every government agency. And we decided to keep random shit in case it does happen. It is very interesting. I think my my favorite part of this whole thing is the like the national parks are set up for refugee camps. But Joe, do you know where the closest national park for us is? <sighs> Kentucky, I think there's one like a national yeah, forest, maybe, maybe like Minnesota. Yeah. If not, we're going all the way out South Dakota for the Badlands. 
Yeah, I mean, or I guess Maine for crazy. Acadia if we can get across Canada, but Canada's not going to let us in if there's bombs going off. Like, yeah. So, you know, and this is all set up too, because like the atomic bomb bombed Hiroshima, right? Yeah, took it off the map. Like America's so big that if we got hit by, I mean, there's way more nuclear bombs now than there was in the well, 1950s. they're way more powerful. Uh, the Hiroshima, yeah. was like the nuclear fallout from that was minimal. Not compared to nuclear bombs, right? Like, yeah, this is not um, compared to nuclear bombs. Uh, but like, think of Chernobyl, right? Like, the fallout from Chernobyl would be smaller than the fallout from what would happen if we bombed, if we got bombed, because right. these these nukes are way bigger and way more powerful. Right. So my last question to the world is, how deep? into the government do people need to be like how far to understand the plan if this happens like all the sec let's say every u.s gets bombed during when the whole house is in or senate is in or congress senate and house everybody's in session like everybody's in dc state of the union right like what if they get nuked on the state of the union like and then we automatically get this plan going and then the national parks like who in the national parks knows to like start setting up these camps and like what to do with these camps and mm-hmm. which forms to start grabbing and having like how far deep does this go i'd be willing to bet both the fbi and the cia have like down to a like minuteman level somebody that knows what to do once things start because they right. are so spread out and so everywhere in the world that it's very easy for like somebody there to just start the process. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet them. I bet it's the CIA and the FBI. I always think it's the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Them CIA agents are up to something. My ring doorbell goes off. It's the CIA. It's the CIA again. I knew it. They were here the whole time. <laughs> All right, Joe, I'm going to uh, flip this that's around. That's what I got for you. I'm going to flip it around. Okay. What, uh, you find out Washington, D.C. and New York City have been bombed. Which, yeah. What do you do? You got a plan of attack? In, like with, uh, you know, I really don't. I guess it depends on and the I, scene if it's getting hit. I ask this because you and I are both old enough to remember 9-11, right? Like being in yes. school and like get, going home from school, watching the second plane on TV. Like we're old enough to, to remember that experience. And that's... Yeah the closest anybody in America has felt to the apocalypse, right? Like when that happened. Yeah. Uh, so a uh, uh, background, this is a little bit deep of, I was on a, a naval base that actually had nuclear submarines, right? So the capability to, mm. and the thing about nuclear submarines is they can run underwater for ever. Right. So like a submarine, like a submarine, but they all like, they can hide and they don't have to come up for uh, like energy and refueling. Air. Well, <laughs> eh, We'll talk about that. Um, but like they they don't have to refuel, right? They don't have they can yeah. they can also hold nuke like hold nukes on them, right? Um, so everyone thought that they were coming like for our naval station, which was in hindsight, like really are they coming here to to hit us? Right. right? But that the closest anybody's ever felt to the apocalypse is nine eleven. So I'm asking you, like, think back to that feeling of, oh my god, the yeah. world's ending. Now that you're an adult, a parent. What would you do? What's your first step? I, you know, I think the first thing I do is try to find a better basement. Mm-hmm. 
you know, well, I mean, go to my basement first. If there's nothing else I can do, go to the basement, right? Sure. Um, but I live in such a rural city yeah. in Michigan that it's kind of almost a wait and see situation. Like, you, you know, you're close to Detroit. Like, I, that's a great point. And like, my first thought, one too. of the biggest international like uh, airports. Yeah. Major hub. Major hub. Yeah. Like, that's way closer to you than me, which sucks to say, but like, I, you're not wrong, though. You're not wrong. You know, unfortunately. So, like, I, I think for us, it'd be like a wait and see situation and be like, okay, let's hunker down, let's grab who we can and wait and see. Um, but again, thankfully, we're in rural America. There's yeah. a lot of guns out here. That's a good point. <laughs> just shoot them, just shoot the missiles as they come in. It's easy. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. Do you I, have a plan? So I don't know. It's a very good point about living in next to next to Detroit because it's it's uh, it's a hub. It's it's a big city. Like yeah. I would say probably like um the not that we're talking about where, but like the big cities first: DC, New York, LA is probably yeah. San Diego because San Diego is a huge naval uh, like uh uh center, right? Like the army's in, yeah. in DC, and then uh the Navy and Marines are in uh, San Diego. Um, so those areas would get hit first. And also the thing about Michigan is like, and sadly we have to think about this cause like North Korea is out there with, with missiles, but like North Korea's missiles can hit the West coast, but they right. can't hit inland. Right. So like, yeah, if the West coast gets hit, then it's devastating, terrifying, awful. But like, I don't think we have a reason to, worry in 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 michigan right and almost the same thing for the east coast like if the east coast gets hit like we're still pretty big ways away like they can hit new york but are they gonna come all the way across and come to detroit like i don't know yeah so yeah i guess my my plan would be the same actually i I think my plan would be get in the car and drive to the middle of nowhere yeah totally Uh, like up up i would you know just get on the road and start yeah. driving north away from detroit away from like the city and just get as far into the middle of nowhere as i can yeah and then take our recording equipment so well yeah so we're gonna we, start a podcast we'd have to start a podcast like uh <laughs> apocalyptic dad that's oh, just spitball and like you know dad yeah, yeah, yeah. apocalypse dad apocalypse i love it it's perfect see it's already booked yeah, I would. Well, there you go. For legal reasons, we have to explain that Joe and I are not actually planning an apocalypse so that we can have yeah, apocalyptic no. content. While it would be fire, we'd be really good at it. Uh, it's just something we keep on the back burner. That's right. Just in case. You never know. You never know. Maybe we make a podcast about prepping. That's a good point. Katie's going to listen to this and say, see, this is why we need a prep bag because she always bothers me and thinks that we need like a bug out <laughs> bag around the house. And I just I don't know. Not a bad idea. Uh, it's never you can never be uh too prepared right that's the saying you can never be yeah. too prepared that's right that's why i got like 18 cans of beans buried in my backyard just in case beans all right let's get out of here <laughs> all right well thank you all so much for listening we really appreciate it uh if you haven't yet go ahead and give us a like a subscribe a rating that'd be cool a rating yeah. on apple podcast would be cool mostly uh, that would be awesome Maybe a comment. Maybe to let us know how we're doing right there on Apple's page so other people looking for dad uh, yeah. podcast can say, wow, these guys 
don't really know what they're talking about, but they talk a lot, and that's pretty nice. They talk a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can also email us at bigdadenergypod at gmail.com. That would be neato. Um, and thank you to Planet Ant for having us on their podcast network. If you haven't yet, you can go follow us on social media at Big Dad Energy Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Big Dad Energy Pod. You can go find us on all those places. Uh, Facebook has this cool feature there. You can get this uh, this podcast right at 6 a.m. So uh, if you're if you're on there and want to listen right at 6 a.m. on your way to work, you got Facebook right there uh, able to get it. So thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it every week. And hey, don't go spending all that knowledge in one place. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.